0: We've been talking on a subject called amazing or literally about God's grace. And what is God's grace? What is it for? We've said again and again that what grace is, it's something that's from God. And it's unearned, an unearned gift. We know the most of us know the verse, you know, by grace are you saved, Through faith. In other words, you access that grace, that free gift. And he said, that not of yourselves, this is the definition of grace. It's not of yourselves. Not of works. In other words, it's not from you. It doesn't originate with you. That'll solve problems. Grace does not originate with you. Giftings, salvation, all that stuff does not originate with you. But he said, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anybody could boast about it. And it is interesting how many people do boast, or if somebody even says, hey, this is a God-given talent, people are like, come on. But really, they're going down the right path when they say that. And so when we talk about grace, grace is diverse, and it doesn't have to do just with getting saved. In other words, we know salvation, you can't do that on your own. You need a free gift. You need something because you can't deserve getting to be a child of God and getting eternal life. Remember the Old Testament, there was laws given. If you could keep the rules perfectly, then you deserved it. Nobody could do it, ever. And as a matter of fact, those things were written to show how holy you had to be. But what it did at the same time was tell you you couldn't do it on your own. So God sent his son Jesus, which was the free gift that you could not afford, you couldn't be good enough for. And so in the grace that he provided, he provided grace for multiple things. They're free. You can't earn it. They cover salvation, this grace does. It also covers strength when you need it. And the New Testament is full of scriptures about when you're in trouble, go to the throne of grace. You can find strength there. In other words, it's free, and you don't even have to deserve it. You don't ever go there and go, God, you know I haven't been good. You know I don't deserve this, but he knows you don't, no matter how good, no matter how bad. You can't go up there and go, you know, I've been good this week. I need grace. That's not how you get it. And as a matter of fact, you can frustrate it that way because you think he owes it, but it's free. And then salvation covers the individual gifts and giftings that every believer has for serving. Somebody said, I don't have one. I used to think that. Here I am up here. But I didn't realize until I studied the Bible that every person has grace to serve, every believer. A side thought about that is a lot of these different graces you will never know without knowledge or action. You ready? We'll keep going. The believer's vast inheritance that covers all different kinds of things is a grace. It's unearned. Also, there's what's called the grace of giving. There's something in the believer to give. And that was put there because it's exactly like God. God. You with me? God is the biggest giver. He gave us his nature for free. We technically are givers. When we're not givers, we get frustrated. And I'm not talking about just giving in the offering, but I'm talking about giving of ourselves and acting on even some of these grace giftings we have. And then also, there is a grace or a backing, and it's unearned, and it's for every believer And it's not just for, every believer has it, to back you, to help you to reach the lost. It's a gift. And so we need to recognize this, although they're free, there is a personal responsibility to the graces, or the grace, if we just use it as an overarching title. There's a personal accountability, you with me, to grace, Even though it's unearned, there's a personal responsibility. But there's also a personal reward when we respond to grace correctly. And I say that on purpose. In other words, there's those different types of graces. Everybody has a grace once they're saved to serve in some capacity. Usually you start off and then you grow and start accessing and being developed and move into the grace that's really in you, the free gift to serve. And when I say there's an accountability for it, here's what you need to know about grace in all areas. And this is just an example that there's an ability in you from God, and it's not for you. You with me? Now, there's a grace that gets you saved, but there's a grace for service. It's in you, whether you use it or not. And we're accountable for those graces, Why? Because God put them in us so we could use them with others. And what's interesting is once I use my grace gifting for others, then the responsibility leaves me and goes upon them. say, what do you mean by that? Well, if I have a gift to serve in children's, but I just don't commit and I know God's dealt with me to do that, and I just don't do it, or to work as an usher, or to serve somewhere, and I just don't do it, then that supply, that free gift I had, was to influence those kids, right? So in other words, if I don't do it, then who's responsible? Me. Even though it's a free gift, I didn't ask for it. Isn't that nice? I didn't even ask for it. And when I got saved, there it is. And so whether it's ushering, somebody said, well, what's that got to do with a grace gifting? Well, there's a gift in the Bible called the ministry of helps, and it's a grace gifting. And when I don't serve, then there is a lack in an area. And when there's a lack, those people that should have been served are shorted. And you think about it, God even put a supply in a person to meet the need And so, but if I do my part, then the responsibility is off of me and on to the person I've given it to. Here's the other side you need to recognize about all graces. Is that when you personally act on it, it does something to you. I said when you personally act on the grace you have, it does something for you. In other words there is a reward not only in heaven but in earth when you act on the giftings or the grace God has for you. And and here's another example, not of service but of reaching the lost. Every believer has a grace gift to reach the lost. When I share with the lost or people outside of God, then the responsibility leaves me, I'm not accountable anymore, it goes on to them. Now they have to act. But there is a reward for me doing it. God said he'd work with me. And what we need to understand is there is multifaceted grace. As a matter of fact, that term is used in the Bible. And so I want to talk about reaching the lost today. The grace that everybody has to reach people. And I'm going to say this, and I'm not trying to be political, but you know, there's a lot of upheaval in the United States and in the world, and a lot of people think it's political. Thank you. <laughs> and um, they do. They think it, they <laughs> are misinformed. But anyway, they think it's political. And really, all political stuff really is is something coming out of the mass of the people. Say, so what do you mean by that? In other words, we know this if the masses of people were a certain way, they would vote and push up from within them a person that represents them, right? So, really, what happens is, is you get a mass of people that just aren't serving God, loving God, that are against the things of God, and they'll push up from among them one like themselves. So when we start seeing all this stuff in the world, we need to recognize this is not about politics. So he said, yes, it is. Now, we're responsible to pray for the kings, those who are in authority. We might lead a quiet and peaceable life. But it goes on to talk about how God wants all men saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, those two things. What you do to change the climate of any country... Any land, any area is not fight each other on politics. Tell you leave church. No. Now, I understand we have stances and we're strong about them and we should be. And I'm for believers being in office. But really, you get enough people born again and then come to the knowledge of the truth. And then guess what? We won't be arguing about this candidate and this candidate. Out of that sea of people will arise people like the mass. You know what I mean? In other words, if there's only 10 people that have this bad view out of a million, you think a a bad person like that's going to rise up? No, it's when 500,000 out of the million Start thinking that way. And they're lost. And then that person will rise up. So a lot of times what people are trying to do. And good well-meaning Christian or different people are trying to solve the political problem. By arguing. You know there would be no argument if they weren't there. But how do you get them not there? You go to the root the thing that is priority to God, and you go after the lost. That's really the eternal thing. The people that aren't walking with God. Maybe the people that have walked away from Him and knew Him at one time. And when they get saved or rededicate their life, then they come to the knowledge of the truth, then we're not arguing over is abortion at this term or that term right or wrong. We're not arguing that anymore. Those arguments go by the wayside. When I first got saved or recommitted my life to the Lord in 1985, I remember hearing people like, oh, abortion was bad. I was saved and I thought, why? Why? I didn't, you know, don't get mad at me. I'm telling you the truth. There's things you believe that might not be right right now. Thank you, ma'am. So just settle down. Now, I'm being honest. And I was like, well, what's the big deal? Then I just started coming to the knowledge of the truth. And then, then you, you know, Christmas rolls around. You hear the story, you know, of Mary, and she has a child. And then, you know, some family member, Elizabeth, has a child. But they're not born yet, but they're in the womb. And the Bible starts talking about them like they're people. Huh? Well, that's not how I looked at it. I didn't think they were, you know, even if they were, whatever. Then I started realizing John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit, came on him in his mother's womb, and he, not it, he was filled with the Spirit from that day. And then I started seeing this in the Bible and recognizing, wait a minute, I started coming to the knowledge of the truth. People told me it was wrong to have an abortion. I was like, whatever. When I came to the knowledge of the truth, that all changed. I went, it's wrong. Now, am I going to condemn somebody for it? No, they need to get saved. They need to come to the knowledge of the truth. You with me? And I'm not for it. But I'm not, you know, just going to go down and pick it because, you know, someplace, because I don't think that's the problem. I think that's the result of something. You with me? So we want to go after the core. And so there is a grace gifting in every believer to reach people. Notice this, 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19, and 20. It says, verse 18, 2 Corinthians 5, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. He's writing to us people who have already given our life to the Lord. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave you an unearned, undeserved ministry to the world. There is not one Christian that doesn't have this. Now, the issue is, maybe... I'm cluttered with worldly thinking, and I just don't think about the need of the world, their true need. And so I don't get moved. Or I've just never stepped out, even though I know the truth. But it doesn't matter. I do and you do have a free, unearned gift to reach people. And so then that means having that gift, I then have a responsibility And the accountability is on me as a believer. So when people say stuff like this, and you'll hear them say it, um, hey, you know, you go to one of those churches, they believe, you know, know, this and this, and I'll tell you what, one thing that bugs me is you're telling me God's going to send these people to hell? No, actually, we should answer and say, no, that's our responsibility, mine. Not his. He gave me a gift. I'm here. He gave me an endowment. He gave all the believers an endowment. So really, it lies upon us, not him. Right? If you give your kid the lawnmower and say, go mow the lawn, who's responsible? The person with the mower. I know this is pretty profound right there. The kid with the mower is responsible. And we got the mower, right? I don't know what you're talking about. He said, he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That means it's in my hand or our hands as a believer. Verse 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing or charging their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What does that verse right there mean? It means this. God already did the work. God was in Christ and he already paid for the world to be able to come to him. God's already taken care of that. He's not holding the world's trespasses against them. He's not. And then notice what the ministry of reconciliation is there. Notice that last phrase. He's committed to us the word of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is the word of reconciliation. I'm for living right in front of people. But there's a catchy phrase that's been going around now for a few years that says something like this. You don't need to preach to people. You need to live it in front of them. And if you need words, then say something. That's actually contrary to Scripture. We should live. We should live a certain way in front of people. But it will always take words. Because we've been committed, God committed, Freely, you didn't even have to ask for it. Somebody said, I don't like it, doesn't matter, you got it. So there's a responsibility. And what kind of ministry, what does it look like? It's actually a ministry of words. It's a message that has been committed to us. Notice here, the word committed to us, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. So remember, we're talking about a gift that you don't earn. It's a ministry, and it's not the only one you got, but it is a ministry, and it is a ministry of a message. And remember, I said this, when you have a gift, you have a responsibility. When you properly use that gift, the responsibility leaves you. You're no longer accountable. But what's interesting is when you use any of these grace giftings, it personally benefits you in various ways. God's made it that way. Like I'll get up and preach, I'll sense God moving, I think, wow, that's cool. You know, when the people get up and sing. I remember the first time I ushered years ago. I could sense God moving on me to serve. I was like, now this is the craziest thing in the world. Serious. But what happened was I was now acting on a grace that I did not know, and then it started to benefit me. At the same time, it benefited the kingdom. That's the same thing like this. It's benefiting the kingdom for you to hear Bible truth, but at the same time, you're blessed for a right attitude toward it, listening to it, but then at the same time, it helps you to know where you have a gift, a grace gifting that now needs to be acted on, and then all of a sudden, there will be a certain benefit for you too. Now, we shouldn't look to the benefit, but we should not be unaware of the benefit, And so it says, verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Notice this phrase, As though God were pleading through us. You could say it like this. When we give the message, God will work through us. We'll recognize a free gift. You don't have to pray extra hours. You don't have to labor hard. But when you share His message... With people who are out of the way or lost, when you bring people, you'll recognize that there's grace. What do I mean by that? There's a Godward empowerment on it. But if you never step out, you'll miss out on that blessing. You might even say, I'm stuck in my Christian walk. I really feel like I need to get unstuck. Well, stuck to me sounds like I'm not moving. The only way to get unstuck is to start moving and stepping out in something. This is not the only area, but it is an area to get unstuck in and step out, and you'll recognize God working through you because he gave you a ministry. Then he said, it's a message of words. Then he said, when you share, it'll be as though God were pleading through you. I've witnessed to people over the years, and I remember just this one story of this guy I was talking to him about the Lord, and the more I talked to him, the more powerful it got. I wasn't a pastor or whatever, but I was thinking, whoa, this is powerful. You can almost get turned inward, and that's not what you should do because you start getting blessed yourself. You know, you start praising the Lord, you start getting blessed yourself even though you're praising him. And I was like, man, this is powerful. And I just looked at him. I said, don't you notice God dealing with you? He just turned to me. And he was like this gang member. And uh, he said, in stereo, meaning loud. I said, then you need to respond to him. He said, oh, I know God's dealing with me right now. Plain as day. And I've had more than one person say that. But here's the thing. They recognize God in that. I did too. It was for them to receive. The responsibility was being transferred from me to them. My responsibility to share now became their responsibility to receive, come, hear, whatever it was. And now it's on them. But at the same time, in this whole transaction, God's working. And there are degrees you'll notice him working. And sometimes people have never stepped out here in this area, and they didn't know they had a gift. And if they would just do it, they would find out what in the world God's working through me. And you'll recognize God. The people you talk to will recognize God. That's one thing about this grace here in verse 20. Now then, you are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. Not just him, us. Meaning you. Right here. Us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what we tell people. Christ is already paid He's not holding your sins against you He's not holding our sins against us He's not holding their sins against them Why will people miss heaven? Because they didn't get baptized They didn't do enough good deeds No, because they had a bunch of sins against them No, they didn't receive the free gift That had already been paid for God already did the work All they needed was the word and the message And so Notice this phrase, though, right here. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. What in the world is an ambassador? An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Every believer is an ambassador sent By a foreign country. Somebody said like like Mexico or Canada. No. A different country. A different land. See, when a person gives their life to the Lord, we're no longer citizens only of this earth. As a matter of fact, Philippians 3.20 said, For your citizenship, talking about believers, is in heaven. That's where our citizenship is. It's in heaven. And heaven itself has put a gift in us to be an ambassador in the earth. And it's called the gift or a grace, free, unearned message of reconciliation to the world. Here's some thoughts about this that I think are important. When we talk about this grace gift... We're talking about something that believers have, not unbelievers. This will benefit them. In other words, they won't even be presented with the benefit unless we tell them. Now, I understand word of mouth can travel. Hey, something's happening in that place. And the word gets out and then they come and hear and receive. But technically, there's a side where we're to really tell people. And if we don't, we bottle up that grace. We don't get the benefit of it. We're accountable for it. And the world uh, that needed it desperately didn't get it. And so what's important is, is this grace is given to everybody who's saved. In other words, we truly have something in us. One thing we need to realize is every believer has come from the place where the world is. In other words, we were once lost, now we're found. We have individually experienced what new life is. You know how many people, it would revolutionize their life? Well, everybody who would get saved. But just to come and sit in an atmosphere... Where you could sense God and there's peace and something tangible there. How the world longs. You wonder why people go off crazy for all kinds of things. There's just an inward longing. It needs to be satisfied. And it's only satisfied from the Lord. And we're the ones who have this simple message. We have the answer. We were in the world and we were once in the state therein. That should move us. If we've tasted individually what, you know, the Lord had to offer, we should not forget that and realize how how and what it did for us. And really, somebody was the link from heaven to me or to you. Will we be the link to someone else? And in all reality, we're required to be. We're all required to be a link to someone else. Even though this is an unearned gift, even though it's already paid for, we need to be aware that we've been commissioned to reach, to bring. This isn't to condemn anybody. It's just to realize what you have what state the world's in, and if they're left in that state, where they'll end up, and then to realize, hey, if I would act, I would start recognizing God working through me and that I really do have a grace gift to do this. Now, this doesn't mean when you leave, we go to the antique mall and attack everybody in the parking lot because they have this big sale over here, and we just march out there like picnic ants and take over. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. But we have relationships with people. We hear hungry people. We hear destitute people. And we look at people, and there are times where opportunities are presented to us. We should look to take those opportunities, not trying to be forceful, but present. You with me? And then there will be other times that way deep down inside, way deep down inside, not up in your head, I mean way down inside, you'll know, I, man, I need to witness to this person. I need to bring this person. You with me? You ever had that argument? If you have that argument enough and you win, that argument will go away. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, God will deal with you, and if he realizes you don't want anything to do with this gifting he gave you, he'll go find somebody else because he cares about those people. You with me? And that's not to be mean, but you're the one or I'm the one who misses out. Notice this in Mark 16. Mark, or Marco, when we travel to Central America. Mark 16. I'm going to read two verses here. Even though this is free, God doesn't hide himself in this. This is what he told his disciples, and really the church as a whole. Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach or proclaim. In other words, they have that ministry, that message. Preach the gospel to every creature. What does gospel mean? Gospel literally means good news. If you're to go into the world and preach the good news what is the good news? Well, we read it in 2 Corinthians 5. The good news is not, you're going to hell. That's the bad news. Hey, I just want to let you know you're going to hell. See ya. I just knew I was responsible. Remember I said we have to personally do this correctly. You know what I mean? To get the responsibility off of me onto the others. If I don't do it correctly, the responsibility is still on me. You're going to hell. Goodbye. And that's that. And they're like, what? No, the real message is when we find people who are lost, we can bring them. They can hear the truth here. Or we tell them God has already done something for you to come to him. He did it. Jesus already died. He already rose again. He's not holding anything against you. All you have to do is receive Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you are actually receiving the free gift. That's the message. That's good news. Isn't it? It's a lot better news than you're going to hell. Now, the truth is if they die, they will go there if they don't receive Christ. But the good news is it's taken care of. They just need to receive. Now skip down to verse 20. He goes and tells them, go preach the good news and all these different things. He's caught up into heaven. And verse 20 said, and they went out and preached everywhere. What what did they preach? The bad news? You guys are going to hell. Just want to let you know. Now hell is real. Heaven is real. You know, I mean, it doesn't even take long to look around the earth and people say, well, I believe in heaven, I don't believe in hell. Just naturally, you've got to believe in stuff because there's a reflection of stuff in the earth. In other words, there are mansions and good things, but there's also prisons for violators. You with me? And violators, in this case for eternity, are the ones who refused Christ. And here he said, and they went out and preached everywhere. Well, in the context, it was the good news. The Lord working with them. Notice, we have a message. All we have to do is share it. When we do, God will work with us. And it said, and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Now, he did just tell them some signs, but one thing he will do Is work with us. I would say this. If you would make yourself available to God and just say, you know what, God? Um, I maybe haven't been doing this like I could. Can you help me with this? Obviously, you've given me a gift. It's clear from the Bible. Who's out there? Now, when you reach the first person, you're not done. I did that. What's the next ministry you have for me, Lord, for the next 50 years of my life? No, it's a ministry that goes on and on, constantly. And so we just need to make ourselves available because we have it. And then there's that side of stepping out. And let me tell you something about stepping out. You remember Peter in the Bible? He saw Jesus walking on the water. He had to step out. I bet that first step in faith was something else. Here I go. Nobody's ever walked on water. I'm about to do this. And he stepped out, and he started walking on water. Now, he did sink because he got his attention on the wrong thing. And maybe that's why people no longer step out either, as they get their attention on the wrong thing. But he started to sink. But he was previously walking on water. And I know this. Whenever you're reaching people, talking to people, the biggest step you take is the... First step. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? How do you do this? I know this. Peter might have been faced with those same things, and he just said, Put one foot in front of the other. Here we go. And he climbed over the rail, and all the other guys on the boat were like, Woohoo, here he goes. I wonder what's going to happen. And he started stepping, and it started working. Meaning he did walk on the water. And like I said, we won't always know God working with us until we step out in this area. When you do, you'll recognize that there's actually power to reach people, not just tricky reasonings. You know, in other words, how am I going to move this person? How am I going to deal with this person? What am I going to say that's going to be fancy enough? It's not going to be how fancy you are. It's going to be taking the step and recognizing God will take hold with you. But until I take that step, I may never know to the fullest degree in this area, God working with me. Even though I got a gift, even though you've got a gift, So I guess the big thing is we need to be bringers or reachers so God can work through us.